Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to another episode of Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. This is episode 26. I am your host, Rick Verbanis, and as always, I'm joined by my partner, Mr. Bob Lucius. Bob, what's going on? Oh, man, it's another great day, Rick. Another great day, another great opportunity to, uh, to talk about uh, Captain America-related things, in this case, we're doing a show recap, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Yes, and so uh, as we've been doing uh, every Sunday for the last five weeks, uh, we have been doing our reaction show to the Falcon and Winter Soldier series, and uh, we have uh, each week we've had a different guest on, uh, and we actually have a repeat guest. So coming back from uh, the reaction to the second episode, which was the introduction of John Walker into the series, uh, we figured we'd have Mr. Dave Witham back. Hi, Dave. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Great. Yeah, you know, uh, I, we know that you're a huge John Walker fan, uh, and so we wanted to, to uh, have you back because, well, there's a lot that's been going on with that character in the series, and uh, we wanted to have you on to, to get your take. Great to be here. Looking forward to it. It was another great episode. I'm, uh, I can't wait to uh, get into it. Yeah, so let's get into it, right? So, um, it, man, we had a huge cliffhanger, if you will, uh, with episode four, right? With, uh, and by the way, everybody, spoiler alert, we're talking about episode five. So if you haven't watched episode five, we're going to be talking about it. So just want to give you a fair, fair advance. Um, so at the end of four, we had this huge cliffhanger where John Walker snapped and killed a defenseless person. I mean, obviously he was one of the flag smashers. He, he was a bad guy. Um, a, a, some would even call a terrorist. Um, and, but he was defenseless. He, he was down. Um, and, but John, uh, killed him. And this was shown by the whole, uh, everybody saw this, uh, because it was in a crowd. Uh, and of course everybody had their cameras on in today's world. Uh, and that's why the title of episode four was the whole world is watching. And um, so now we have the fallout. We have the fallout of this. And so we have John Walker uh, runs away from the scene. He goes into a, an abandoned warehouse. Um, he's having a little inner monologue uh, showing that uh, maybe he's uh, got a, you know, maybe he's, he's lost it a little bit. Uh, he's, he's having a, a strong reaction to what everything just happened. Um, and then Sam and, and Bucky follow him there and try to have a conversation with him and um, a, a fight ensues. Um, so let's, let's start there. Um, and, you know, John, John says to, to Sam, uh, I killed him because I had to. And, um, and then he, he, he goes on to say, you know, you know I am Captain America. Uh, and then he, he tries to, in, in this fight, he tries to actually kill Sam uh, and Bucky. Um, so he, he wasn't like trying to, to hold back. I mean, he was, he was willing to kill. Um, what, what, were your, what were your guys' reaction to this? Well, I think we're kind of seeing John at his lower step at this point. We, we've kind of seen the cracks slowly appearing throughout the show ever since uh, episode two. And uh, the pressure slowly building on John, and he's he's finally broken. I mean, I mean, the guy is all sorts of crazy at this point. 
Um, I mean, the, the line about having to kill the guy, you, you think, you know, who am I trying to convince here? Is he trying to convince Sam and Bucky or is he, is he trying to convince himself? And, I, I, and you're right about um, the level of violence he uses against those guys. I think when you watch the scene, it seems to be the case that if, if he was against any one of them, he probably would have killed them. And it was only really the fact that there were two of them there, but we don't get any fatalities. Um, brutal fight scene um, reminded me a lot I'm sure you're familiar with the issue where uh, he goes up against the watchdogs after his, his uh, parents, as it was, were killed in the comic book. And he is completely unraveled uh, and he's kind of crazy unleashed at this point. Yeah. You know, what we, what we don't know at this point, I mean, you know, John, uh, you know, he, he was kind of on a knife's edge. He's under a lot of pressure, right? I mean, his friend, his friend just got doffed. And, but one thing we don't know is uh, we don't know what the effect of this particular serum is uh, in terms psychologically. We know what it is physically, right? Because the flag smashers have taken it, but they've, they've done some crazy violent stuff as well. And that may also, his, his, his reaction, where he is, the stress he's under, the anxieties he's, he has, the grief, uh, that may have been amped up, you know, somewhat like, you know, the, the proverbial roid rage, uh, and so that, that really hasn't been explored yet, that this may be a side effect of, uh, of that sort of imperfect uh, super soldier serum that's out there. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Bob. That's an interesting, you know, take as far as how this serum is affecting him. Uh, I think um, that that's something that they will explore later on, because I think, um, you know, at some point, I mean, he's not going anywhere. Right. This character is going to be in the MCU. I, I think we all agree. Um, and I don't think he's going to his story ends with with the next episode. I think he's going to continue on. Um, and I think, you know, he's not a bad person. He's a good person who did a very bad thing. And that's a difference. Now, in some cases, when a good person does a very bad thing, they have an opportunity to um, come back from this by you know, showing remorse and showing um, that they want to uh, make restitution, uh, make amends. Um, they want to to go down an, a different path. Um, they've learned from their lesson. Um, but right now, doesn't seem like John's that in that mode, right? Uh, he he certainly doesn't feel remorse. He keeps telling everybody that th that he had to do what he had to do. Um, you know, when he goes uh, in the scene where he goes up in front of the um, uh, the commission mandate, right? And he, he the senator is, is coming down on him and saying, you know, he's being stripped of this and stripped of that. And then he, he, he yells at them. He loses his temper and he yells at them and he says, I only did what you trained me to do. You built me. So he doesn't seem to have any remorse. And so that's something I think that hopefully they'll explore later on because the John Walker of the comic books, you know, this is a different story from that, right? I mean, John Walker in the comics, he gave up his shield and uniform because he couldn't, he felt he couldn't live up to, to what Steve uh, embodied in, in Captain America. He voluntarily did that because he, he knew Steve was the right man. And, uh, and then the commission, you know, they, uh, said well look we can still use you you're you're you know a valuable asset and they made him the u.s agent and they signed him to different things um so that's how the story went in the comics it's a little different here uh, but i wonder if uh if 
I wonder how it's going to go, but I do see that they're going to try, I think, hope, maybe hope, maybe is the wrong word. I mean, or is the right word is, is they're going to try to have a redemption arc with him because I'd hate for him to be a villain. I'd absolutely agree with what you're saying. Uh, I mean, the character has a great amount of potential and we, we established early on, like you said, that he, he is a good person, uh, but it's clear he's done terrible things. And at the bottom, at the moment, he seems at the bottom of a deep, dark hole where, you know, he can't see the mistakes he's made. All he can see is enemies all around him. But at the same time, he's not exactly um, 100% wrong in what he's saying. I, I mean, I, I, I got the feeling that scene where he killed the flag smasher, if that hadn't happened in public, uh, the government probably would have been fine with it. And it's, it's also the case that the government is throwing him under the bus because he, he's brought such a, you know, kind of high profile attention to, 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 uh, to, to what he's doing. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and I mean, that scene, they've, they, they've, they've basically taken away the only family he ever had. Uh, which is which is the military, you know that that's what mm -hmm. matters to him. Uh, so you know I have some some sympathy for John as well. I mean you know he has done these terrible things. Um, I think he is trying to convince himself more than anyone else that he's he's not a bad guy, but at the same time he is a bit of a victim as well. Yeah, I mean he was spot on, right? When he said that uh, you made me this way, I mean that's that is a literal as well as a figurative truth i mean and one of the curious things about you know uh, clearly when they when they wanted someone like john to uh, to take up the mantle of captain america they wanted they wanted a soldier they wanted a perfect soldier who had been trained and who'd been experienced in in combat uh, and had demonstrated uh, proficiency in that in that in that field of endeavor uh, and they got that uh, and they got that in spades because you know Let's face it. This this is a guy who a mission accomplishment comes first, and um, he he's not widely experienced in a lot of other domains of of life. Um, this this is what he knows, and and in fact that's that's what that's what they wanted. But it turns out maybe that's not exactly what they wanted. Right. Yeah, and I agree. And and David, I th I think you brought up a good point about you know if it wasn't on film you know, would he still be Captain America? And so let's talk about the scene after the, uh, the, the commission mandate. Uh, and that's when we have uh, Contessa Valentina uh, show up. Uh, and it's uh, the by the actress, uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. And um, I know, and, and I, I, I want to get Bob's take on this because I know, I know, uh, Contessa is one of his favorite characters. We we could go back and, um, uh, what, what was the what was the thing you said about Bob? Oh yeah, something like Hello. I mean, like you, <laughs> I know you're a fan of her, um, but and and I'm saying the character, not of course the character Dreyfus, yeah, yeah. right. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But but she even said, Dave, she even said, um, you know, no one's mad about what you did. Right. You know, no one back there is mad about what you did. Um, so that was telling. Right. And I think so we agree if the whole world wasn't watching, um, it would be a different story, but they have to, to save face. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Now, the character herself, if, if people aren't familiar with the comic book version of this character. So she and Bob, I'm going to let you give her backstory, but I, I'll just say in a nutshell, you know, she's a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, a high-ranking S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, uh, one-time lover of the comic book version of Nick Fury. And um, she, she's, you know, a good, a, a good guy, 
Um, now, in the last, I don't know, five years, there was a, you know, a Nick Spencer wrote a different version of Captain America that had had to do with Hydra, and she ended up being uh, bad in there. But, but that's, I mean, that's like a real small percentage of her entire comic book history. So for the most part, she's a she's a she's a good character, and she works for Shield. Now that said, um, the actress that has been playing her uh, is more known for her comedic roles. So it was an interesting choice to pick her in this role um, for that reason. And also, um, you know, Contessa is supposed to be a superb hand-to-hand combatant. uh, And I don't see that. But I don't know. Hey, they said the same thing uh, about uh, Michael Keaton, you know, and Batman, right? So who knows? But Bob, I know you're itching to itching to give your thoughts on this. You know, Rick, I, I got to tell you, I, it was, it was, it was a blow because <laughs> I was, I was loving the episodes, you know, thus far. I thought it was great. I was a little upset that John Walker still hadn't shaved uh, before, <laughs> before going in front of some senators and, you know, and, and flag officers. I was a little irritated about that, but, you know, and, and I love the idea of the Contessa, you know, being being uh, a character in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though she is traditionally connected with Nick Fury Sr. But I got to tell you, I, the, the casting really just, it just took the wind out of my sails because there were so many opportunities, I think, to, um, I, to, to bring somebody new in or bring somebody with, I don't know, more chops than this. But it, I had a very hard time focusing on you know, taking this seriously. And uh, I guess that's all I'm going to say about that. David, do you have any thoughts on her? I do, actually. Uh, I've got a working theory on this. Now, you're probably aware that there's a suggestion there's going to be a a secret invasion type movie or series coming from Marvel at some point in the future. Right. And you'll also be aware that the Contessa played a, a role in that, which I, I won't ruin for, for anyone uh, who's not read the story at this point. Um, but you'll also be aware as well uh, that John Walker, when he spent most of his time working for his commission, uh, had a handler by the name of Val Cooper. Yeah. And then, so when she said Val, that's the Val I was thinking was going to show up, not, not Con- Contessa Valentina. Now, I don't think they're the same person, but she was quite keen to stress the name Val. You know, obviously, she's got this really long name. It's a bit complicated. And she was known as Val sometimes. Uh, Nick Fury would refer to as Val occasionally. Um, but I'm wondering whether this is a way to kind of um, kind of meld the two characters together. So you, you've got this kind of, um, kind of super secret agent, Val Cooper, who's going around recruiting and directing um, kind of uh, superhero super characters for some kind of secretive, you know, secretive and secret government agency to kind of do the kind of work that John Walker probably specializes in uh, rather than being Captain America. And then you've got this potential for a future story in Secret Invasion. Um, I mean, initially I thought it was Val Cooper, but um, I think perhaps she's going to fill that Val Cooper role for John. She's the guy who's going to be handing the missions out. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, And I 100% was thinking the same thing. You know, when I saw her, I mean, because she did say, you know, we know about the serum, um, you know, just the, the best thing you can do in your life uh, is pick up the call, you know, the phone when I call you. 
And uh, so, yeah, she's going to be obviously assigning him to certain things. Now, in the meantime, I don't think John Walker agrees. John Walker has said many times, he said to the commission, he said to Sam and, and Bucky, uh, he says, you know, I am Captain America. So like in his mind, that's still the case. And then we see in the end credits, the, the bonus scene at the end, um, there he is hammering away, making a shield and it's a Captain America shield, not a U.S. agent shield. So he certainly appears to be like he's going to want to give this uh, another go. And, you know, it's setting us up, setting us up for a Sam as Captain America versus John Walker as Captain America, it appears in, in next episode. Yeah, and, you know, and having made one of those shields out of cardboard and hot glue once, uh, I, I can say you must have some absolutely mad skills <laughs> to be able to uh, make one out of metal work like that. I mean, I don't know what we're teaching guys in the military nowadays, but uh, I'm pretty sure that shield making isn't, a, isn't amongst those list of skills. Well, I, I've been working on a, a two-inch one here for, uh, for the better part of a month, so uh, <laughs> this, this as far as I've gotten, so... All right. There's a lot of scenes I want to get to, guys. Um, let's talk about the Zemo scene real quick, uh, where he's at the Sokovia Monument and uh, Bucky shows up. Um, and I was a little disappointed in the scene. I'll be honest with you. I, I thought Zemo went out with a whimper instead of going out with a bang. And that's not the Zemo I would know from the comic books. Um I mean, I, I really like uh, Brawl and, and his portrayal, but I was really hoping by the end of this series that we were going to see him snap, him, him have a burst of anger, some, some ma manic uh, that we see from the comics. And, and that, never, that never really materialized. Um, and the fact that he just kind of was like, I mean, he appeared to be ready to die. You know, when Bucky put the gun up, he, he kind of gave him a little bit of a nod, you know, and uh, and almost, I think, was disappointed that he wasn't shot because I think he wants to be reunited with his family. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I thought that could have didn't end the way I would like to end. Uh, it just it kind of went out with a whimper. Um, now he's going to be taken to the raft, which for those who aren't familiar uh, in the comics, that's a super secure um facility for superpowered villains um i'm not sure was that the same place did you guys watch the uh jessica jones season three uh where at the end they they took um well i don't want to give that away but i i they took someone away to to a facility and i thought it was the raft so i don't know if this is the first time it's been mentioned no um, didn't they didn't they mention the wasn't it in civil war or something they mentioned the raft they had they actually okay. had a scene there yeah okay yeah all right Good to know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one that's out in the ocean. Of course. Duh. Um, I did think it was interesting where he said, I took the liberty for crossing out of my name in your book. So what I find interesting about that is not that Zemo took the liberty, but the fact that Bucky had his name in the book, that he, he felt like he had to make amends. Uh, that he was on his list of, of, to make amends. Um, I don't know. What, what did you what did you guys think of, of that, that whole scene? Well, I liked it, Rick. I mean, I, I understand exactly where you're coming from because that is not the, that's not the Baron Zemo that we know and love uh, or fear. Uh, but, uh, but I like the way the Brule has played Zemo as a sort of a worldly, uh, sort of an, you know, a guy who knows, he knows, he knows what it is to be a soldier. He knows what it is to be a spy. 
He knows what it is to be a politician. He's got sort of everything and an underworld sort of um, leader. He's got this, all these skills and he's very smooth and suave. And there's, I, I think, you know, maybe it's a time time thing, right? I mean, they've got to like wrap up that loose end before they move on to sort of the bigger fish to fry. And they did it in a way that sort of preserves that character for future use, which I, I, I absolutely hope we see him again because uh, I, I think that character was, uh, was interesting uh, and engaging and, and entertaining. And uh, so, yeah. I think I'm inclined to agree with, uh, with you, Rick. Um, I, I mean, Zemo's entire reason for being since Civil War is, is, has been to stop these super soldiers, to stop superhumans. And it, the idea of him just kind of accepting his fate doesn't really sit comfortable with me. I, I would have expected a bit more of a pushback from him. You know, his, his mission isn't complete. It's, it's the only reason, uh, his only reason to live at the moment. Uh, so, no, it, it didn't sit well with me. Um, I mean, the actor's great. We're clearly going to be seeing him again. I think he's played the role magnificently. I just didn't particularly like that scene. All right, so let's 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 bring it up to uh, our our predictions because I know we had a few uh, back in ep- uh, after episode two. We talked about a few, um, and so one of the things. Uh, uh, well, well, we'll talk about our predictions in just a second. We'll, we'll be right after this break. All right. I know I had thrown out there that maybe Zemo uh, is playing both ends here and he's also the power broker. I'm, you know, and I kind of said that it was a long shot. I still think it's a long shot. But um, in episode, I think uh, it was in episode three, we had uh, John Waller Sewell on and he threw out that maybe it is um, Arnim Zola as the power broker. And I got to tell you, when he said that, I was like, wow, that's a great one. I didn't think of that totally out of left field. But the more and more I think about it, the more and more I love it. And the more and more I think it actually is Arnim Zola. And I will tell you why. So I know they're kind of hinting that it's maybe Sharon Carter, right? Um, and quite frankly, you know, the one little scene that she had in episode five, uh, she's on the phone. She's talking with... Um, uh, Batroc, the Lipa, right? And, and she's, uh, she's saying, look, you know, um, you know, if you, you'd be rotting away in that, uh, Algerian prison, if it wasn't for me, which I, I think maybe is that something that happened after, um, Winter Soldier in that scene? Is that where he went? I'm not sure. Um, but then she says you'll pay Batroc double this time, which leads you to believe that there was a previous time. And, and was it that, you know, the one in the beginning of the series, that's who knows. So obviously it's, it's showing her as, as, as a bad person, right? Because she's working with Batrock. Batrock shows up uh, towards the end with the, the flag smashers. And, and he, and he says, look, I'm not here part of your, your movement. I'm only here to kill the Falcon. Um, he has weapons. Um, so at this point, we're all led to believe Sharon is working on the bad side. Now, Here's what I'm thinking. She's double agent, right? She's playing both sides. She's deep undercover in Madripoor. Um, and she's she's trying to do what she can to help out, but she also, quote unquote, works for the power broker. Because if she didn't work for the, uh, if she wasn't working both sides, then what is her motive in episode three of helping uh, Sam and Bucky and even Zemo find the the place where they where the 
the, the scientist is making the, the serum and why is she there helping them, you know, uh, killing off the, uh, the, the mercenaries that are after them. What, you know, is she, in my mind, she's doing it um, because she, she really is a good person and she's trying to, to, uh, to do this on the sly and blame them. Um, but at the same time, she's playing both sides. So Arnim Zola. Now, Arnim Zola, for everybody who might not remember, but in the movies, uh, in uh, Winter Soldier, um, I'm sorry, no, Civil War, it appeared that he was um, in the electronics, right? He was part of Hydra, and he was now no longer the person from World War II, which we all saw in First Avenger, um, the scientist that worked with Red Skull, but now he was this uh, electronic being. And so, number one, there's a tie to Captain America and, and, and all that, number one. Number two, um, he was the person who experimented on Bucky and gave him his, made him a super soldier, right? Bucky wasn't turned into a super soldier through the winter soldier process, according to the movies, right? When Cap went and found him, he was experimented on in, uh, and he, he, he found him um, on the table of uh, you know Arnim Zola, and and so that sol soldier serum that Zola gave him was what really helped him uh, survive that fall from the train. Okay, so so Zola has a connection there, and then number three at the end of this uh, episode we see in New York City there's the vote for the Patch Act, right, and uh, the the. The, all those people are in the, the inner sanctum and, and they're all talking, but then all of a sudden um, the screens go all crazy. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if we start up with episode six and all of a sudden on the screens, we have Arnim Zola. What do you guys think? I think it's a good theory. Uh, it, it works. I'm, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm still tempted to think Zemo um for a couple of reasons uh one is we know zemo is an arch manipulator and what better way to complete his his goal of getting rid of the superheroes getting rid of super soldiers than manipulating captain america to publicly murder someone um but another thing and and it's something i noticed from one of the uh one of the early trailers uh, i can't remember which trailer it was but there's a scene where Zemo, with his mask on, seems to jump down from um, what looks like quite a height, and he lands with ease. And when I saw that, I was thinking Super Soldier. That is interesting. I mean, we don't know. He's on his way to the raft, but we don't know if he makes, his, makes it to the raft. And, you know, we're led to believe that uh, his, his, uh, his escort uh, was able to beat down Bucky and, uh, and Falcon and uh, John Walker and Lamar on the first to go around. But we don't know what might happen en route to the raft. So there might be something there. As for Arnhem, I think that's, a, that's an elegant theory. And it would make up, for me, it would make up for Elaine. Uh, playing, <laughs> playing the Contessa, if, if if I saw that in the opening scenes of, of, of the finale, that would, uh, that would, that would be great. Um, I don't you know, know the, the fact but that you just awesome. the <laughs> fact that thank you, thank you. The fact that you just referred to her as Elaine, you know what I we popped into my head is you know uh, from Seinfeld, you know the famous uh, episode where she's dancing and she has a horrible dance. Yes. I can imagine. Listen, hey meme makers out there, if you haven't already done so, I am sure you could do an Elaine uh, Elaine dancing me uh, video right next to 
Zemo dancing and have the two of them next to each other and, and have some sort of dance off or something, oh. right? Wouldn't that be perfect? Oh, I'm looking for that one, Rick. Yeah, I'm looking for that. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that was, that was my prediction. All right. So let's get to a uh, really emotional scene. Um, now, the, the, the name of this episode was called Truth. And for the comic book fans out there, you probably might recognize that Truth was a, uh, a miniseries that was done, um, gosh, I can't remember what year, uh, but it was um, uh, the story of uh, Isaiah Bradley. And uh, so it was the story of, of taking place of, of what happened back then and uh, how they tried to re- um, uh, reinvent the, the, the soldier serum that uh, after Steve had passed um to uh and they used uh, african-american soldiers to uh, to experiment on um and it was a, a very hard-hitting uh story and and i highly recommend uh anyone out there to if you can um you know find find the story and read it because it's um it's it's very poignant and it's um it's it's a great addition to the captain america mythos that said the scene in this episode um, where uh, Isaiah and, and Sam are sitting and talking, I mean, that was just an emotionally powerful scene um, to, and, and so well done. Uh, I can't remember the name of the actor uh, who does Isaiah Bradley, um, but uh, he, he was uh, just amazing and talking about, you know, what, what happened and, and Sam, you know, I guess, listening and, and, and finally taking this in. Um, but it ended with, with Isaiah saying to Sam, you know, they'll never let a black man be Captain America. And that's, that's strong enough as it is. But then he says, and, and even if they did, no self-respecting black man would want to be. And, and so that was a heavy hitting scene uh, that stuck with Sam as he, he questioned because he, you know, he had been questioning that. So uh, what, what did you guys think of that scene? Well, I mean, Sam's clearly very torn. Um, and he's not just torn between Isaiah and what he thinks. He's torn between what Steve wanted for him. And he's torn between what Bucky has been after for the entire season. Going back to the scene just after the fight with John Walker, there's a bit at the end where Bucky kind of throws the shield down at Sam's feet. And he's kind of doing it in a way which is saying, you know, this is yours. Take responsibility. For, for what was uh, for what was betrothed to you, um, so you know he, he's going to have to weigh up all of these different sides. He's got people telling him he can't do it, people telling him he shouldn't do it, uh, people telling him uh, he should do it. And at the moment, I think the one person whose feelings we're not really sure about are Sam's. Yeah, that's that's a great point, uh, Dave. You know, and, you know, I've I as Rick knows and and. And needles me about. I follow some other groups, and uh, and one particular group I follow is the Black Superheroes Group, Black Superheroes Forever Group, and uh, and I've been sort of following conversations around that particular scene, and uh, man, it 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 has resonated uh, so deeply with so many people, uh, as has just just uh, Isaiah being in this this uh, this series. And just sort of the, the, the desire to see more of Isaiah and to hear more about the backstory and to maybe see that explored. Uh, but Isaiah is a very different person from a different time in American history than Sam. And, he, and, and not to say that things are 
completely different now for Sam and his experience, but Sam has to reconcile who he is and what his own experiences and his own truth with Isaiah's and with his family and with his friends and with what his background has been. And he's still sort of navigating that in his head, I think. And, uh, and I think obviously we're going to see that come to fruition in one way or the other in this final episode. Yeah. And, and I thought it was another emotional scene that ties in with that was when Sam and, and Bucky were back at uh, in, in New Orleans and uh, tossing the shield around. And um, Sam says to Bucky, you know, the legacy of that shield is is complicated, to say the least. And, and I thought it was great because Bucky says, you know, when Steve told me uh, what he was planning to do, um, neither one of us really understood what it what it felt like for a black man to be handed that shield. I owe you an apology. And um, that was, uh, I thought, really poignant on a couple of levels. One, I mean, he, he finally gets it, you know, and understands or at least empathizes and uh, is trying to, and it makes an apology to Sam, um, which I think is uh, very big of him. Um, but the, then the, the other little nugget there was, um, when Steve told me what he was planning to do with the shield. So, so at the end of Endgame, when we see the older Steve sitting on the bench, uh, I had always wondered why Bucky just kind of looked at Sam and just nodded and said, yeah, why don't you go over and talk to him? Um, that, uh, you know, well, apparently they somehow, Steve and Bucky had already talked about uh, Steve's intention to give the shield over. So uh, I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah, well, we knew that, uh, you know, he said goodbye to Steve and he knew this was goodbye uh, before Steve took the stones back in time. So, uh, so clearly they did have that conversation about what Steve's future would be. But you're right. I mean, that was uh, the, just that whole dialogue, you know, and, uh, and again, Sam, Sam isn't Isaiah and Sam isn't Steve and Sam isn't Bucky. Sam is Sam and Sam's got to figure out what's important to him and what he stands for and in what he wants to achieve, uh, either as the Falcon or, or as the next Captain America. Yeah, I mean, the whole episode, um, probably as big a theme as anything, was the theme of reconciliation between Sam and, uh, and Bucky. And at the beginning, just before the fight with John Walker, it doesn't even look like Sam really wants to try and take the shield back from John. I mean, Bucky clearly does, but Sam seems somewhat reticent to do so. And then we, you know, we, we have the scene with the repairing the ship and all of that. And, and that's um, almost a metaphor for, for the repairing of Sam and Bucky's relationship. They've, they've had a lot of stresses between the two of them so far in this season. And we've gone from, you know, the, the beginning of the show or the beginning of this episode where I'm not even sure if, it's, if we're on the same page to the end where, you know, the, these are the kind of uh, superhero buddies we kind of know and love. Uh, so there's a whole journey in that one episode for, for Sam and Bucky and, I think everyone else has decided where they stand and we get to the end of this episode and I think it's really about Sam deciding about who he wants to be. Where does he stand? What does he think? So kind of following up on that scene, uh, one of the things that I liked about it too was when um, Sam, you know, said, Hey Bucky, are you, are you, can you handle some tough love? And uh, cause he did say, he said, you know, um, Steve is gone and it doesn't matter what he thought. And, and you have to stop looking to others for what what you think. And so he mentioned, you know, you got to do the work, um, you know, which he's referring to, I guess, the 12 steps. And, and you got to work the steps and, and make amends and, and not just 
apologize, but but really be of service and, and give closure. Now, of course, we all all thought of you know the the person in the, big, the very first episode uh, of the uh, the father of the the son that was killed, and so you know it's, we're going to come full circle, right? I think that's that's where Bucky's story is you know started. That's where it's going to end, and we're going to see the um, the growth of of Bucky's character there. Uh, so that's, uh, I thought that was, you know, just setting that up, you know, we all kind of expected that was going to happen, right? Like, you don't just introduce that father and, and let it go and never come back to it. But, but now it's almost like, you know, Hey, Bucky, it's, it's in your face. This is actually something you need to do. No, no, I was absolutely. I think that is definitely where the circle closes for, for Bucky and it needs to close. And, uh, and I, I love that, you know, that, uh, that sort of interchange between him and Sam where, you know, he talked about what, what closure means, you know, and what it means is, you know, more than just crossing somebody's name off your list. And it, it means to, to sort of help fill that hole in some way, not only in that other person, but in yourself. And uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's some, be- that's some beautiful writing. Mm-hmm. What I like so much about that scene is, is not so much for specifics of the scene, and you're both right in what you're saying about that scene, um, but what Sam said was a very Captain America thing to say. Now, I mean, he's not actually played, when you think about it, that big a role in the previous movies. He's not had that many talking parts. He's, he's always been stood somewhere in the background with Steve Rogers in the front group. And throughout this entire series, we, we've seen quite a few, few of these scenes, a few of these monologues. And they remind me very much of Steve Rogers, or rather, they remind me of Captain America. Mm. So I think um, while Sam isn't quite there yet, I think we we really are seeing Captain America in the making here. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, it's a, uh, as far as him being more of that Captain America uh, in in trying to help people, because that's that's been his mo throughout this series. Is you know he's been trying to talk to people. You know he he isn't always action first. Um, I also thought it was interesting in that scene where where Bucky kind of further explained what it meant to him about that shield, right? He said, um, you know, the shield's the closest thing I, I have to family. He said he felt like he had nothing left and then it was questioning everything. Um, so that was a, a deeper insight uh, into, into Bucky and, and, and really another reason why he's been hung up on, on that shield all along. Yeah. And there was actually a point where he kind of, I, I, I can't recall precisely. I, he, he, he looked at it and picked it up and sort of, he had a certain longing look in his eyes at that shield. And, uh, and, you know, at, at first I thought, well, you know, I, I think he'd like to just take that shield himself and, and take up the mantle. But, but I think, you know, in light of, of, of that that subsequent comment by him that that's in fact that's all he has left from his past right i mean who he was with steve i mean that's that's it um it's more than just a symbol of of the american dream for him it's it's a symbol of family and belonging yeah yeah it's a touching thing too um all right so you know i already mentioned some of the things that i thought were going to get tied up uh you know i think you know for those who read the comments, uh, comics, um, you know that uh, Joaquin Torres um, in the comics becomes uh, the Falcon when Sam becomes Captain America. And uh, certainly they, uh, they're, it seems like in this is episode where 
um, he Sam leaves his wings with him, right? Uh, they're damaged, and he and he turns and says, "Keep them." And so uh, we could totally see that uh, uh, Joaquin Torres is going to probably take them, fix them up, and take on a role as Falcon at some point later in the MCU. Uh, so that would be something to to look forward to. Um, some other things I, I think you know wrapping up. I mean, obviously when Bucky said to uh, Io, "Hey, I've got one more, I got one more favor to ask, right?" To, from the Wakandi- Wakandians, um, and then he shows up with the case with Sam, and then at the very end, Sam opens up the case, and you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but it's kind of like I want to see it. I want to see the I want to see the 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 the, the wings and the costume. Uh, well, I say costume, the uniform, and um, you know, so looking forward to to seeing that. So. I think we're going to get some things full circle, right? I think we're going to get uh, Bucky making amends to the father. I think we're going to see Sam as Captain America taking on Batroc and John Walker. Uh, I think we're going to see, obviously, that we're going to find out who the power broker is. And we're going to find out what Sharon's involvement with all that. Um what else? What do you, what, I gave my prediction on who the power broker is and how that's all going to play out. What do you guys have? Uh, D- Dave, name, tell us a prediction that you might have. I think we're going to see the beginnings of a John Walker redemption. Much like in the story, which the series is largely based off, um, we have a, a, in that case, it was Steve Rogers against John Walker. And those two are going at it. But right at the end, right when it really matters, John once more shows the kind of person he is. Uh, and he, he saves, in that case, Steve Rogers from the Red Skull, as it was. I sincerely hope we get to see that, because I think you're right in what you said earlier on. Here is a character who's going to have some legs in the Marvel Universe. We're going to see him again in, in some way, shape or form. I just hope he comes out of a series a good guy. You know, he's, he's taken a lot of flack this season, a lot of fan criticism. There's a lot of people out there who don't like him. And in some cases, that's justified. Um, so I, I just hope there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for him. And I, and I think we might see it at the end of the last episode. Bob? Yeah. yeah, I agree. I, 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 I just dovetail on that. I think that's true. And I, and I quite honestly, from a, from a, just from a marketing perspective, I think Marvel owes that because you just, you can't leave a story with, uh, with an unhinged, with an unhinged Congressional Medal of Honor, three-time Medal of Honor winner uh, as, as a crazy lunatic, you know, wrapped with, uh, with post-traumatic stress disorder and violent tendencies. That's just, that's just, that's not a good way to end that story. So I think just from a practical marketing perspective, we're, we're definitely going to see a redemption in John Walker. And it may not complete that circle uh, in that final episode, but we're going to see the beginning of it. But my other big, 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 big prediction is I think in one of the final scenes of this uh, show, we're going to see Bucky and Falcon get into a car and we're going to see one of them move the seat up without being asked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You just made my heart pitter patter. I hope we see that. <laughs> you know, oh. we're going to see it. That's, yeah. that's the unspoken, you know, the unspokenness of the relationship. Ah, and we're all holding out hope, right? We're all holding out hope that we get to see an old Steve, that he makes a cameo somehow, some way that, uh, I mean, I mean, I know Sam said it in this last episode. He said, you know, Steve is gone. Um, 
but I think we're all still holding out hope, right? Even if he's even if he's just sitting in his his bungalow on the beach watching it on TV unfold in New York City or wherever the finale is going to take place, or read it in the newspaper with a smile on his face, that that would be golden. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been great. Uh, I've I think we covered so much uh, in this episode, so. Um, uh, I can't wait for the next one. It's a look. I think it's going to be bittersweet because I don't want the series to be over. Uh, you know, they haven't announced a, a season two yet. Uh, so I, I'm not ready for this to be done. So uh, I, I kind of can't wait for next week, but I kind of want to put it off. I don't know. Yeah. 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 It's been a great show. It's, it's, um, I don't know what I'm going to be doing with my, uh, with my evenings once it's done. But, you know, they've got this, uh, I, I really, I, I got to give them credit because they do seem to have this uh, sort of scheduled out, you know, with uh, mm-hmm. I think Black, Widow's coming, Black Widow's coming out soon, right? Yeah, is she still scheduled for May? Well, I yeah, th- but that's that's a that's a movie. But Loki well, will have an ongoing series yeah, starting in June. But you know, May so. for Black Widow and then June for Loki. And then, you know, they- No, no, of- uh, Black Widow's July. Oh, is it July? Okay. Yeah. I thought it was May. Well, okay. I think it was May last year. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and then they, yeah. And then they moved it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but at least they're, you know, they're, they're, they're dribbling stuff out for us uh, for the next few years. So it's good, which is nice. Yep. All right. Maybe they'll leave us hanging uh, with a, a post credit scene to epi- episode six, which perhaps points us in the direction of what comes next for, for Sam and Bucky and John and all the other people involved. Uh, um, I'd be very surprised if we don't see something which is going to uh, keep us uh, hanging on for what comes next. Yeah. Well, until that time then. All right. Well, thanks, Dave. We appreciate you jumping on. We'll, uh, we'll see you on the Facebook page. Thanks a lot, guys. Great to be here again. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, all right. Uh, Bob and I are going to uh, wrap this up. So uh, we're going to stay on the line and uh, finish up the recording. Um, so we'll, uh, I'll have this up, uh, you know, it takes a couple of hours, you know, I mean, t- it's going to take me an hour to edit it and then it takes a couple hours for it to, to kind of make it up, uh, onto the podcast. But, um, you know, when, once I get it uh, promoted, I'll be sure to, to tag you on that, Dave. So, so thanks hey, for coming bro, on I'll as a guest. I'll be asleep by then. It's, it's past my bedtime. It's, uh, it's 10 PM here in, in the UK and, uh, right. I'm going right. to be up at five. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Well then. Thank you. Rack. We appreciate it. <laughs> anytime, guys. Anytime. Thanks a lot. Take right, care, bye-bye. brother. See you now. Bye-bye. All right. So we need to uh, talk about um, the next episode, which is going to be the intro of Baron Zemo. And that's it. All right. All right. Well, that was a great conversation with Mr. Dave Witham. Um, and uh, Dave's got his own Facebook group out there for John Walker fans. You should check that out. It's called U.S. Agent, Part Cop, Part Soldier, All Hero. And uh, you can join that group if you want to talk more about uh, John Walker, especially in the comics. Um, and speaking of the Facebook page, uh, you can always, uh, reach out to us on there. Um, and by the way, uh, we are always, uh, appreciate any five-star reviews. If you go on Apple, uh, and you can leave us a, a review on there, uh, we, we appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, maybe we'll, we'll 
maybe we'll uh, mention it here on the uh, the next episode. So, and speaking of next episode, uh, we are coming back every Wednesday with a new episode uh, when we talk about uh, various Captain America comic books. So if you've been enjoying the Falcon and Winter Soldier Disney Plus series, uh, you may want to check out the the, the comic book. Um, there is They had a five-issue miniseries that came out in, in 2020 and finished up early this year, 2021, and it's called uh, The Falcon, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And it was a five-issue miniseries. And uh, Bob and I are going to be um, covering that in our next episode, which comes out this Wednesday, episode 27. So uh, if you want to get the comic version, uh, continue the the uh, the buddy, good feel good uh, uh, story. Uh, there's there's a lot going on, a lot of action, a lot of humor. Uh, it's a real cool mini series. So we're going to cover that in next episode number twenty seven. All right. Well, as always, Bob, it's been fun wrapping cap with you. Indeed, indeed, it was a great uh, great opportunity to talk to Dave again. Dave's got he knows so much about John Walker. It's just it's always great to pick his brain a little bit and uh, get his uh, get his sort of unique perspective on uh, on where that character's going. And uh, it's just so much fun talking about that show, Rick. So thanks, thanks for uh, let's let's do this again. One more time, at least. <laughs> All right, uh, he's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you've been listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Thank you.